0: Hi, my name's Owen, and I'm a big Paris Saint-Germain fan. This series of podcasts will give you the inside story on some of the key moments in the history of our great club. Paris et Magique, the podcast that brings the history of PSG to life. You can't separate Paris Saint-Germain from its famous stadium, the Parc des Princes. To celebrate the stadium's 50th anniversary, let's talk about the history of this legendary venue, Le Parc est magique. Even when there are no football matches being played, the Parc des Princes still has pulling power. On weekends when PSG play away, over 2,500 people from all over the world come to visit the famous ground. Patrice Lafarge has been stadium operations manager for 41 years. He calls the Parc des Princes his second home.
1: The Parc des Princes is a legendary stadium, so I think that's what people want to see. It's known all around the world. Whatever's going on there, people want to come and see it. I think if it's something they're into, then that's even
0: better. In this episode, let's remember some of the most legendary non-football events that have ever taken place at the Parc des Princes. French star DJ Snake is one of the most listened-to musical artists on the planet. On the 11th of June 2022, he lights up the park for its first live music concert in 12 years. The likes of Omar Sy, David Guetta and Stromae also make appearances on stage. The pitch has been transformed into a giant dance floor for 63,000 people. It's a once-in-a-lifetime memory for the artist who grew up in the Parisian suburb of Valdoise and has long been a PSG fan. Before DJ Snake, many other legends of the music world had also played at the park, but the first real international star to make an appearance there was none other than Pope John Paul II. It's now the 2nd of June, 1980. Another chapter is beginning for the Parc des Princes, which until now has always been a sports venue. Let's
1: just say it all happened rather spontaneously. From the start, we were pleasantly surprised that the Pope would choose to come to the Parc des Princes at all. It was phenomenal. On one side you had the monks, on another the nuns, the cornets and so on. There were a few people in the upper tiers, but all around in the lower areas you had Catholics. The access passes were well thought out. You had these perforated corks, which were green, blue or red. The nuns had this colour, the monks had that colour. The same for the priests, and they all had a cork around the neck with their name on it.
0: In total, 50,000 people were there for an incredibly loud...
1: Alleluia! The Pope arrived via the fireman's ramp, having been driven from the Elysee in the Citroen SM convertible Popemobile. He was standing up inside the back of the vehicle. He came in via gate D in the Paris stand. Then he came down the ramp in the car. They did a full lap of the stadium. Then they parked in front of the players tunnel. We put this raised metallic platform in place for him. That's where he said mass from and gave blessings and all that. It was pretty moving to hear the choir singing. It was a mysterious atmosphere, there was no violence of course, it was all calm and peaceful. Just like in a church but on a much larger scale. You had 50,000 people inside the park singing hallelujah and Jesus, Mary and Joseph. We were used to hearing fans shouting. And all of a sudden, you're in this calm, monastery-like atmosphere. It was
2: eerie. It seems that it's nearly midnight. midnight. And I'm expected at 11 a.m. in Montmartre.
0: Appearing at the Parc des Princes has a great appeal, which has led to certain politicians spotting its potential. It's now a year after the papal visit, in spring 1981, and Jacques Chirac is in the running for the presidential elections. He
1: booked the Parc des Princes for a campaign meeting to gather all the RPR members, as the party was known back then. We'd set up a large stage over there, where the players' tunnel is, and he came in right by what's known as the Carré these days. There he was with all these people in front of him in the stands. No one was on the pitch. On the pitch we'd just left the words Jack Chirac, president now, on the grass. And it rained all night before the political event, which ruined the pitch. The worst part was that afterwards we had a match, a French national team match. We'd had to paint the grass specially, and any time the players went to ground for a tackle, they'd come back up all green. Ce soir. This evening, we're in a modern-day temple, a testament to the values of sport.
2: Hard work and
1: brotherhood. From this giant concrete bowl which opens to the
2: skies,
1: I call on all of you to show renewed ardour, to surpass yourselves and bring on this revival.
0: Oui, nous allons yes pieds. we will
2: prevail allons enfants de la patri le jour de gloire est
0: even the king of pop once appeared on the park's hallowed turf Michael Jackson's biggest tour ever, the Bad World Tour, had 123 dates on the schedule, including two concerts in Paris. It's now June 1988, Francois Mitterrand has just been re-elected for a second presidential term, and the Parc des Princes is hosting its first ever concert
1: six jours de travail pour l'équipe de 500 spécialistes setting
2: up a stage worthy of the event has called for six days of work and a team of 500 English American and French specialists It's 65 meters long and 29 meters deep on top of that you can add 3,000 projectors 72 microphones four giant video screens a huge mixing tower and a well-protected array of special effects equipment. And hey, presto, you've got the decor.
0: It was an unprecedented event that would cost a princely 12 million francs to put on. Over two days, 130,000 spectators came to the park, including a number of famous French entertainment stars like Michel Drucker, Muriel Robin, Catherine Lara and Alain
2: Delon. I like Michael Jackson because he's just pure magic. I'm watching it wide-eyed like a kid. Do you think he had a good match tonight? Absolutely, a great show and a great match.
0: But legendary French rock singer Johnny
2: Halliday wasn't convinced. He was lip-syncing like Madonna on a few songs. That got on my nerves a little. It pissed me off. I think when you're an artist playing on stage, lip-syncing is a no-no. The
0: Frenchman would have to wait until 1993 to get his chance to do better at the park. In the meantime, the stadium welcomed other artists, including Prince, fittingly, and even the Rolling Stones.
1: Seeing the Rolling Stones in Paris, now that was really something. They were still in their prime when it came to singing. You should have seen the excitement of everyone in the stadium. It was staggering. When they played, I can't get no, what's it called, a satisfaction. Wow, the crowd were just
0: going crazy. In June 1990, the Stones performed in front of a capacity crowd for three days on their urban jungle tour. Each day, the set list began with Start Me Up and ended with Satisfaction. It's now 1993 and Johnny Halliday's turn to appear at the park. The celebration is extra special, falling on his 50th birthday. France's most successful commercial singer performs on a spectacular stage, which is a replica of San Francisco's Golden Gate Bridge.
1: At the Boulogne end, you had the bridge which went from one end to the other over the Seine, and he was strolling across it. There were Harley-Davidson motorbikes and these huge American-style cars. The stage was truly colossal,
0: and it was a memorable moment for everyone who was there. The concert gets rave reviews, and Parisians can't get enough of Johnny. There was such huge demand that they ended up doing three concerts.
1: We opened the gates from 4pm, but even the night before you had people outside at the old Tay end waiting for us to let them in. We had nearly 50,000 people at each concert, with a mix of all generations. It was massive.
0: Johnny's entrance into the Parc des Princes will live long in the memory of those who are here to witness it. It's an amazing moment, part madness, part genius. Wearing a black studded leather jacket and red T-shirt, Johnny emerges onto the Parc des Princes pitch. He's surrounded by a heavy security team who help him make his way through the sea of people in the crowd. It takes him several minutes to reach the stage.
2: I wanted my stage entrance to be a bit like that of a boxer making their way to the ring for a title fight surrounded by his team. But of course, I was at the Parc des Princes with 55,000 people on the pitch. And I hadn't thought things through because no matter how many bodyguards you've got, no matter how big they are, with a crowd like that, you can't really do anything. The bodyguards were trying their best to create a path for us, but we still ended up being squashed as if we were in a vice. There are so many things going through my head. I'm thinking to myself... Oh my God, the stage is a long way away. We're not going to make it there, are we? And secondly, how on earth did I come up with such a stupid idea? What am I doing here?
0: Once on stage, the magic begins and Johnny leaves his mark on the history of the Parc des
1: Princes. It was like he was starstruck, even though he was himself a big showman. Playing at the park
0: meant a lot to him. Johnny Halliday would return in 2003 for four nights and he remains the artist who has played the most concerts at the Parc des Princes. There have always been sporting events at the Parc des Princes, including some unexpected disciplines like motocross and skiing, which have called for the venue to be transformed completely, using dirt or snow, respectively. There have also been some significant boxing matches, like when Frenchman Louis Acaries lost to Puerto Rico's Carlos Santos in 1985, a defeat which would lead to him hanging up his gloves. And of course, Paris Saint-Germain aren't the only football team to have created memories at the park, as the French national teams have also played there. We can't bring this episode to a close without recalling the artistry of Michel Platini and co at the 1984 European Championships. The finals saw France beat Spain to lift their first ever major trophy. Also, five Euro 2016 games took place at the park, including a group game between Austria and Portugal who would go on to win the tournament. More recently, at the 2019 Women's World Cup, the French women's team had the chance to shine. In the tournament's opening game, they did just that as they got off to a flying start with a 4-0 thrashing of South Korea in front of a sellout crowd. The women's team would return to the park for their quarterfinal matchup with the USA. Their dreams of taking the title may have ended that night, but they nevertheless put in an inspiring performance in front of a passionate and united crowd. Patrice Lafarge has been there every step of the way, and he's showing no signs of slowing down. I think the Parc de Prince still has a bright future ahead. The Parquet Magique is a Paris Saint Germain podcast produced by Baba Bam. It was written by Melina Boetti, and my name is Owen Thomas.